Foodcast, brought to you by HillsOnTheGo.com, offering fresh local foods from the Hills Market to listeners by their online grocery store and delivery service. From Hills Own Chicken Salads to Ohio Beef and Wine to go with any meal. More on the web at HillsOnTheGo.com. And brought to you in part by DNO Incorporated, purveyors of Ohio-grown produce and ready-to-eat fresh-cut fruits and vegetables to grocers, restaurants, institutions, caterers, and nutritional meals for students of Central Ohio schools. More at DNOINC.com. I'm Johnny DiLoretto. I'm Jim Ellison. I'm Bethia Wolf. I'm Andy Diaz, and this is Foodcast. Today on Foodcast, uh, we have an interview with Lenny Colada, the founder of Barley's uh, Brewing in downtown, and also the owner of Barley's Smokehouse and Brew Pub in Grandview. We're going to talk about the history of microbrewing in Columbus, which goes back a lot longer than a lot of people would know. And uh, to begin with, Lenny, how did you get involved in the microbrewing industry? Well, Jim, thanks for having me on your um, show. I, in a previous life, was an architect. I did hospitals all around the country, and so I traveled quite a bit. This is back in the 90s, 80s and 90s. I was in New York City one day, and I walked past this place that said, New Amsterdam Brewing Company. And I thought, what is this? So I walked in, and it was a restaurant. And so I thought, well, I'll have my dinner there that night. And I sat down, and I noticed these tanks. And they were actually pretty large. Uh, If you've seen tanks around town, uh, a lot of us brewers don't have huge tanks. But I asked the uh, server, what are those? Oh, we make our own beer here. So I thought, wow, that is cool. And so I ordered one of their beers uh, along with dinner, and I probably had a second one. Uh, This is back before microbrewing really started to get some um, attention these beers were pilsners and they're not they weren't actually a lot more interesting than the stuff that you buy in a can uh, today if you buy beer because you like their advertising but I thought this is really cool a bit later maybe a year later I was in Boston Uh, at this point I was aware of what microbrew is Sam Adams had just started to develop their footprint. Uh, One of my missions in Boston uh, on that trip was to stop at a carryout and pick up a six-pack and take it home with me. And I remember the clerk said, oh, were you here last Saturday? And I said, no, I'm from out of town. I I just popped in. He said, oh, you missed Jim Cook. He was uh, sampling beers. And I thought, wow, timing is everything, right? Well, I found a place called Commonwealth Brewing Company in Cambridge. And this is a brew pub that is alive and thrives to this day. They served ales. And I was certainly aware of what ales were, but they just were not available. Uh, This is back in, oh, maybe... 88 89 and so i ordered a pale ale i think and i went wow that is some really interesting stuff 
uh, compared to the lagers that we were used to drinking in college. So then I ordered something else, probably a porter or something like that. And I, I, actually, my mind was blown. It was like, wow, I cannot believe you can get that much flavor in a beer. Uh, then I noticed one other thing, and that was on the bar was this little wooden cask. And so I thought, I'm going to ask the bartender what that is. And he said, oh, that's a firkin. Well, I had never heard of a firkin, never experienced a firkin. He explained it to me, uh, how it's gravity fed, how it's the oldest form of dispensing beer known to man. And they had it at the bar. It was a live, fresh beer that would deteriorate uh, quickly. So he said, you best get on it. And I did. And again, I was blown away. I, I felt connected to the history of beer and the history of man. And uh, I tucked that away in my head. Now, at this point, I had no idea that I would be in the beer business, that I would be part of the craft movement here in Columbus. But I did start thinking, boy, wouldn't this be cool if Columbus could have something like this? So I started thinking and and I really thought, this is the honest to God's truth, if someone else had thought of it first, I would be their best customer and I would have never gotten into craft beer and uh, brew pubs and all of that. Uh, but anyways, uh, Columbus did not have something like that. So I went ahead and started putting together a business plan. That took about a year. That was uh, probably about 1990. Then it took another year to find a location, get investors, get, get the whole thing kind of set up. That was 91. In 92, we opened downtown, and that's Barley's Brewing Company. And it was a really cool thing, but it, it, was, it was humbling also because nobody knew what we were doing. Uh, we had to educate everybody pint by pint. Our first beer was McClenny Scottish Ale that we brewed to this day uh, at both locations. And that was a pretty accessible beer. Some people said, ooh, what is that? And we had to explain to them that for the first time, they were trying a beer with flavor. Um, and it's kind of quaint to think about it now, because McClenny Scottish Ale, is, it's such a good beer, but it, it certainly is not the most adventurous beer that you can get in Columbus, Ohio today. And to think that people thought, wow, that's like, that's a bit of a stretch. Um, and then we came out with pale ale, and um, then we started coming out with IPA, number one, our centennial, and then more IPAs, and then porter, and Christmas ale, um, et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it's quite, quite an adventure. I really got into this because no one else had. I will put an asterisk to that. We got our location and we still had to do construction and get through develop our menu all that sort of thing and this cheeky little place named hoster brewing company opened up and so they actually beat us to the punch as the first brew pub in columbus there was another brew pub uh in columbus named all american it was on bethel road as i recall or somewhere there um 
maybe not Bethel, but Fishinger, somewhere in there. And uh, coincidentally, Angelo Signorino, who's our brewmaster, actually brewed there. Also, parenthetically, and for all you trivia buffs, uh, All-American folded relatively quickly because the market just wasn't ready in the suburbs for craft beer. But that equipment ended up, I believe, on a far- in a farmer's barn somewhere in Circleville, somewhere like that, for a couple of decades and just got resurrected last year as the brewing equipment in the brew house for actual brewing company here in town. So it's really cool to to think, and it's not that cool, it just shows that I'm old, that stuff that this industry has already recycled itself, is already into a second and maybe a third generation. And I couldn't be more proud of the fact that one day I am certain Columbus will be known as a beer mecca as much as Portland or Seattle or any of those other great cities that brew great beer because uh, we're, we're just having a blast in this town right now and it's a, it's a great community. And that's just a little chunk of a lot of the beer history you've been involved in in town. Um, what were those early days at Barley's like? Obviously you had people that had no past knowledge no um, template to work with as far as craft beer what what did you guys have to do to get people on board well um, we kind of grew up downtown with the growth of the short north Uh, back then the short north was full of needles and prostitutes and short north tavern opened max cafe opened, and there was not much else there but slowly but surely it was a hip place to go to and so we enjoyed success with that principally though barley's downtown owes its success to the convention center it's right across the street there uh however when when we first opened we knew that the convention center was coming and we were geeked about that because it it hedged our bet that we could be successful but If you looked around, it was a ghost town. Every building down around that area was boarded up. Yankee Trader was there. It was the last quirky place there, but every every other building was essentially abandoned. The only other business other than Yankee Trader was um, Tapatio which was a great restaurant. Bruce Hildreth was a great friend. And uh, so we, along with Tapatio, kind of grew that whole North Market district. The North Market wasn't even the North Market then. It was in a really small Quonset hut that I'm sure a lot of hipsters in town today would rather not go to. But it was very cool. It was very organic. And uh, I remember thinking the convention center is coming that'll be great what i forgot was there's going to be construction as a result of that and the city totally blew up high street fortunately for us the city of columbus built us a plywood ramp that led to our front door so that when it rained and when it was muddy people wouldn't get too dirty and i was just amazed to watch people traverse through all of that mess 
and arrive at our front door and then ask us a bunch of questions of what are you doing here <laughs> it was just a really cool time but but i was younger then <laughs> Well, thanks for that small taste of history. I'm sure we'll probably visit this sometime down the road. We'll make sure to have links to Barley's Smokehouse and Brew Pub and Lenny's blog on our website, wcbfoodcast.org.